0: Who is actually messing with this economy? Tony Katz. That's my name in case I didn't introduce myself. Tony Katz. uh, I do a radio show called Tony Katz today. You may have seen pictures. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And I am spending a lot of time. Talking about this economy, uh, Dr. Matt Will, I'm spending a lot of time uh, seeing what it is that gets said by this administration when people like Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, want to tell me things like this.
1: Obviously, the president travels across the country uh, pretty regularly to talk about invest in how he's investing in America, how he's lowering costs for Americans. That is one of the, as he speaks about binomics, lowering costs for Americans uh, is clearly one of uh, uh, one of his top priorities. So you'll continue to hear from the president about this particular issue and other ways that he, uh, that uh, binomics is working for American families and the economy as well.
0: Bidenomics, working for American families, working for Americans, building this economy from uh, the middle out. Right. That, that, that's always it. He's paraphrasing. You know, he's cribbing uh, Silicon Valley there, uh, the, the show, uh, doing things from the middle out. Uh, but this 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 conversation about drug prices. And how he's going to now negotiate, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, with these drug companies. Specifically, five of the ten drugs he mentioned are diabetes-based drugs, type 2 diabetes-based drugs, insulin things, and, and, and other things for, 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 for blood sugars. Isn't that, and I believe this is how you see it, if I understand your work, uh, isn't that going to be not helping the, the average American, but in the long run, hurting them greatly?
1: Tony, let, let me change the phrasing. I don't like what you said. You said it's negotiating. He's not negotiating. It's called price fixing. When one entity has dominant purchasing power, when one entity like the federal government can step in and mandate the price of anything, that is called price fixing. It's illegal. If any other company did it, Tony, people would be thrown in jail. But the government is doing and they can get away with it. And let me tell you this. He is making a false statement. So he's going to mandate price fix the price of insulin and other products. The problem isn't that. There is a problem in the, in the, in the drug market, Tony. It's called insulin rebates, and we, we should get into it. And CVS Caremark is a major culprit of this. But all they're doing is they're going to fix the prices. Now, Tony, what's the consequence of that? The consequence of fixing prices is to reduce the amount of money that a company like Lilly can invest it cost approximately $2.3 billion, Tony, $2.3 billion to make a new drug. So we're gonna say to these pharmaceutical companies, I'm sorry, you can't make any more drugs because you can't make a profit on it. You can't recover your $2.3 billion. Tony, Lilly's two top drugs, Trulicity is a drug for insulin. Uh, Verzania is a drug for breast cancer. So, what we should say, I'm sorry, don't do any more research on, on insulin, on diabetes, or breast cancer. And we should note if we're
0: talking about Eli Lilly uh, specifically, which is something near and dear to us because we're both in the Indianapolis area, this is a stock price that went from about 140, 150 when Dave Ricks, uh, the CEO, took over to a stock price that when I last looked, full disclosure, I don't own any uh, Lilly stock, over $500 a share. They have had absolutely monumental and massive growth. Over the the years, and it is the stockholder, the people just like you and me, who have benefited uh, uh, from that, even in these turbulent times, the price has done extremely well compared uh, to to the rest of the marketplace. Your argument is Lilly could be one of those people negatively impacted, specifically the people who own stock in Lilly, because of these moves that are made possible by the Inflation Reduction Act.
1: No, let me no. Forget about the shareholders. And let me be full disclosure. I own shares of Eli Lilly and I benefited from that price increase. But the price is going up because the market, you and me and every investor thinks it's a good company and they are a good company. They're a great company. But, Tony, that is not as a result of high drug prices. Let me give you one piece of information. Eli Lilly, their return on assets, that's the amount of profit they make on every dollar they invest, Tony, is only 13.2%. That's pretty good, but 13.2% over four years. That's the average over four years, Tony. That's not a ton of money. It's good. It shows that they're a well-managed company and they're profitable, but that's not gouging. Tony, this is absurd. The gouging is coming from what we call CVS Caremark and what they call insulin rebates. They fixed the price, not Lilly. Lilly actually announced earlier this year that they're gonna cap, cap at $35, the cost for uninsured people who need insulin. That's pretty impressive. So this is a company that's not gouging consumers. They don't need President Biden walking in and fixing their prices, because that's just gonna harm people who have breast cancer, who need further medications developed in the future. But the argument that gets made, and and I don't I don't think you'll find many Americans who disagree with with
0: this baseline conversation, sir. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, man, uh, this stuff costs a lot. That you, you're not going to find people who disagree with that conversation. This stuff costs a lot. It costs less in other parts of the world. How can we make it? cost less. It, it, the The argument that I put forward regarding development, that you're putting forward regarding incentive to develop, well, these products are being sold in other places around the globe and people are paying less for them. So Americans do
1: say, what's the deal here? Why are we the only ones getting hosed? Well, okay, Tony, there's two parts to this. I, let's talk about the hosing part in a moment. But but I want to focus on something that people don't understand. And you always say it's okay to get into the weeds. So I'm going to get into the weeds. Go ahead. CVS Caremark is a middleman. So when Lilly sells insulin through your local pharmacy, they go through this middleman. This middleman has a system that requires Lilly to give them a rebate. If you want to get on their list of approved drugs. So if your employer, Tony, if they want to offer Lilly drugs, Lilly must agree to do a kickback a rebate to the middleman in order to get on their list. That requires that Lilly pay offer at a higher price so they can pay this rebate back to the middleman. That is where the price is coming. Lily Lilly has begged the government for relief so they don't have to go through a middleman so they can sell you drugs directly and not go through this. If you wanna get on the list, you are held hostage by this middleman. That is price fixing. And the Medicare program that Biden is producing is even more price-fixing. We're all getting hosed, Tony, but it's by the people that are fixing the prices. It's not by the pharmaceutical manufacturers. That is not. They're only making a 13.2% return on their assets, Tony. But of course, they're, they're the us.
0: ones who take the hit. Big pharma, big oil, big this. big. It's it's oh, when, when Andrew Breitbart first started his websites back in the day, it was to be a play on all of those things. That's why it was big journalism and big government and, and all that other stuff. Uh, so So the the issue here is is what you describe as 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 price fixing. Um, At what moment do uh, the companies in question turn to the Biden administration to whom they've all donated to and say, you realize what you're about to do to the country, right? You realize how bad this is going to get. Or is that the plan to then
1: move forward towards a socialized medicine regime, Well, you know, Tony, I think the pharmaceutical companies have made a big political mistake. You got to remember way back when they were developing Obamacare, they were all in. They thought this is the lesser of two evils. So they put their money on Obamacare and they got burned. They're trying to put their money into Biden care and they get burned. They're not doing what they have to do politically. They're doing what they need to do from running a business. And they're doing a great job at it, Tony, the innovative products. You know, again, Lilly is capping the prices for their own products for uninsured individuals to help them out, but they're not going about it the right way. They've got to fight this socialized medicine. They have to fight the, you know, the bureaucratic middleman that's, help, that's fixing prices and losing them profits so that they can garner those, those, those rebates. So I think they're going about it politically wrong. I think they have a right business strategy. They have a wrong political strategy. So now let's move it off
0: of uh, some of this drug pricing, which is absolutely going to have, as you see it, an effect on the American economy. And move over uh, to, to China. Let me show you a, a couple of things here. Uh, this was w- was Fox News. You have the Secretary of Commerce, Gina Raimondo, saying U.S. businesses complaining that China is becoming uninvestable. Then you have the Secretary of Commerce in China, and Raimondo's China, according to the Wall Street Journal, offers glimmer of hope to battered U.S. businesses. I think this is a conversation of a battered China economy, you have these two major real estate companies that are going belly up. Already one has filed for uh, uh, bankruptcy protection here in in the United States. Billions of dollars lost in building these ghost cities the way China has decided to invest in its infrastructure, learning nothing from Japan, which has had 30 years of stagnation. And now they're starting to enter this because there's nothing left to build. No apartments left to build, no bridges left to build. You have some of the poorest uh, uh, provinces in China, where the uh, ca- the GDP per capita is seventy two hundred U S dollars a person, and those provinces have eleven airports. One province, seventy two hundred dollar GDP per- GDP per capita, and they have eleven airports. Uh, so. You take a look at those two things where businesses are telling Raimondo that China's uninvestable and now as the Wall Street Journal puts it there's a glimmer of hope because she went to visit what's your take on what China's doing and what Raimondo is saying or what they're saying to Raimondo
1: misreporting Tony it's misreporting a glimmer of hope what is she doing over there I believe that what's happening is it's just a hey I'm an important person I'm going ex- you know I'm a big shot in the Biden administration I'm going to go visit China The the fact is that she should be shining a light on the fact that China has been building these ghost cities, that U.S. companies have invested in Chinese uh, sovereign wealth funds. They've invested in these construction, that there's a bubble bursting in China and it's going to have a ripple effect. What she should be doing is saying U.S. investors get out of China. Don't put your money into Chinese investment funds. Don't invest in Chinese real estate. This bubble is here, it is bursting. But instead she's trying to create this perception that things are great. Tony, that's a lie. This this administration continues to provide economic lies. There is not this rosy scenario in China right now. It is very pessimistic. It is not good. And she shouldn't be encouraging U.S. companies to invest in China at the moment.
0: I I, I don't disagree. And and I'm only concerned about the investing in China so far as the American people are going to have to bail out somebody on on Wall Street. But this ties into a, a conversation that came up where there's you have this this well, I think it was CNBC that discussed it. I was trying to remember who said it. That there should be more pressure put on the regional banks to ensure they're prepared to handle debt in case people are, are defaulting. That's the way I, I took it. And it reminds me of the conversations we've been having uh, regarding how Ch- uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and others have treated these regional banks really putting them on blast, telling them not to lend and putting the squeeze on them, and then you see Silicon Valley Bank as it went under, Signature Bank in New York you saw other problems, PacWest having an issue Um, these China issues the ripple effects of their economic implosion does this get down to the regional bank level? Will average Americans start feeling it from the bank level or will they start feeling it from those people who decided to invest in China knowing it
1: was risky have just cost them in their 401k level um, both, Tony. And the reason is because individuals are invested in China, whether they know it or not. And so, yes, when the Chinese um, investments go under like Evergrande, when you this ripples through your 401k, when it ripples through the assets the bank owns, remember, people have assets in banks, they have investments in banks, and those banks indirectly own China. And so that's what is going to happen to the regional banks. They will be harmed just like the rest of the world will be harmed when the second biggest economy in the world starts going down. And I'm sorry to say regional banks will be impacted just like everybody else. The impact that they are going to get,
0: is that going to be seen in merging Is that going to be seen in collapsing? Is that going to be seen in bailouts that come from whatever Janet Yellen, if she has some personal connection, decides to bail them out so some people will be okay and some people won't? What's the sign you look for? And I'm not saying that people should have a run on their regional bank, but what is the sign that you're looking for that things are getting tenuous for them?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think there should be a run on the regional banks. I think the regional banks will be impacted, but I believe they've been managing their risk very well. Um, And I said it again. We have investments in China you don't even realize. It's in every investment you have. It's in your national bank. It's in your regional bank. But I believe that the regional banks are better positioned to withstand a decrease in asset values that is the result of China's collapse than the national banks, because the regional banks have been managing their risk. So you said it well, Tony, Janet Yellen's friends that the national banks will be bailed out when China collapses. The regional banks will be fine because they manage their own risk. So I'm not that concerned about it from a regional bank standpoint. Dr. Mattwell,
0: economist at the University of Indianapolis. Always appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. I'm Tony Katz. Speaking of, all day of the markets, the Dow is up 46 and the NASDAQ is up 80, but the news coming across uh, the transom right now, Mitch McConnell had another one of those instances. Mitch McConnell is too old. It doesn't matter if Republicans like it. Facts are facts are facts. Um, it was CNBC reporting that Mitch McConnell freezes, struggles to speak in second incident this summer. That's all I've got right now. That's all I have on it. Age is so much a part of this election season. It is. It is. It is a huge, huge part of this election. It's going to be addressed everywhere. It's going to be about not only about Biden, but of course it's going to be about Trump as well. Except the the conversation is not as strong about Trump. Because Trump seems to be, whether you like him or not, in total control of of, uh, his faculties. Meanwhile, you've got groups trying to push states like New Hampshire not to allow Donald Trump on the ballot. And even Chris Sununu, who hates Trump, the governor of New Hampshire, is like, yeah, let's, you know. Trump being on the ballot should not really be an issue here in the state of New Hampshire. And anybody who says the 14th Amendment doesn't understand anything about the 14th amendment to the US constitution insurrection it's r our, it's our, it's the 14th amendment section 1 no I'm sorry section uh, 3 I apologize No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector, of president and vice president or, or hold any office, civil or military under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer in any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. This was about people who fought... <laughs> uh, oh, good Lord almighty. It's, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing how people uh, address things. They have no concept... Of, of 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 history I believe the 14th Amendment was 1868 yes 1868 and you were talking about the Civil War and Trump did not lead an insurrection of course a lie that you feel that way may I just say uh, with, with, with all clarity who cares how you feel If you feel that way, don't vote for the man, but it doesn't create something legal because you have a feeling. Progressives, learn this now so we don't have to keep going over it. Your feelings don't matter. Nobody gives a damn. No one cares about your feelings at all. Yeah, well. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Correct. Opinions are not law. And your opinions don't uh, lead to Trump not being able to be on a ballot because you're an emotional freak. And you are emotional freaks. But there will be plenty of states who try and keep them off the ballot. You just watch. Watch for Pennsylvania. I'm Tony Katz. I'm telling you this Mitch McConnell story is about to become a thing. You better believe it. Unable to answer reporters questions at a press event today. I'm actually searching for it so I could see it for myself. Um and see how it went. Nope, no oh, I got it. Ooh gosh, it's out. All right, let's So if if you remember the story, he's the Senate minority leader, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. He started answering a question uh, at a at a press gaggle um, there on on the hill, and he just freezes. He just stops. He's staring off into nothing. If it wasn't for a couple another couple senators there who kind of moved him out of the way, and he seemed to get his bearings back, and you know, oh, he was fine. And we said, just like this. Okay, Mitch McConnell's not okay. There comes a moment where you are too old. That's the end of the ball game. Thank you very much. So, what are we waiting for? But Republicans—they don't know how to respond to things. I have not seen this yet or heard this yet. Here it is, Mitch McConnell.
1: What are my thoughts about what running for re-election?
0: So he was asked, what were his thoughts? What are his thoughts about running for re-election? Here we
1: go. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. Oh.
0: Oh wow. Wow, uh Sarah, I will it it Sarah, it's available for you. You got to You got to post it. Oh. Okay, not a doctor. Let's let's start with with that. He starts trying to answer the question and it's clear that there's nothing processing. This is uh, the layman's way of of discussing it. Was it a stroke? And then whoever that aide is, asking the question that loudly, she's standing right next to him, arm around him, uh, left arm around him, uh, so she's to his uh, right, uh, left arm around him, and then right hand on his arm. (sighs) That's the end. Now, our problem is... And you know, this is true for people on the political right. They see something and they say, okay, that's got to end. All right, we're done here. The political left is like, nah, we'll get to it when we feel it's uh, in our best interest. We don't care that Dianne Feinstein has her child with power of attorney, her child's 60, whatever, however old the kid is. She's a senator. And somebody else's power of attorney over her, and we say, "Why is Diane Feinstein still in the Senate?" And Democrats say, "How dare you, ageist!" Diane Feinstein doesn't know where she is. I would bet you cash money that Diane Feinstein can't clean herself after going to the bathroom. Why? Because there comes an age where some people can't do that anymore. Are we children? We don't understand the real world. And Democrats want to pretend that that's not a problem. Democrats want to pretend that John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania, is fine. He's not fine. There is no proof that he understands the questions being asked of him at all. There is no proof that he has ever engaged a vote in the U.S. Senate that was completely and totally of his own volition. We know that Dianne Feinstein, at one vote, had to be told by her staffers, no, no, you want to say nay, you want to say yay, you want to say this, you want to say that. They're literally telling her who's in charge, the senator or the staffer. Anybody who thinks John Fetterman is okay is a holy damn fool is a fraud of a human being and actually hates John Fetterman, would rather he suffered than get the help that he needs. The same thing, of course, is true about Joe Biden. Of course it's true about Joe Biden. He didn't fall asleep at that uh, moment of, of reflection for for people who perished uh, in, in Maui. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Now, here exactly is the issue. And Mike, understand me, my friend. I'm not yelling at you, Mike Clements. I am not yelling at you. But you are absolutely correct in what you're saying. And this is the problem. On Twitter, I still call it Twitter. Uh, at Tony Katz, if you want to follow me right there. Um, Most Republicans... Don't want Mitch McConnell to step down because he would be replaced by a Democrat senator in the state of Kentucky. Now, this is true. The governor is Andy Beshear. he's a Democrat, and he would replace him with a Democrat. That is true. You already have a Senate. You already have a Senate that is controlled by the Democrats. You already have a governor who is weak and and, uh, is going to face strong uh, competition in in re-election. Do I now make maneuvers that are about the party's uh, future or do I make maneuvers because they have to be made? Couldn't we at least agree that even if you weren't going to tell Mitch McConnell, you're done, it's been a nice career, Stop this. Could it at least be that he's no longer the Senate uh, leader? Could it be that he's no longer the Senate minority leader? Why can't that happen? Why isn't that the discussion? Are we going to pretend? Sick and tired of the pretending. And sick and tired of these old people thinking that they're allowed to stay in their positions for forever on every side of the aisle. Screw that. There's such a thing as too old. And for the people who say to me, how dare you, which part of my backside do you want to kiss? Because I'll find the window at Macy's that we can go to. Stop telling me that it's wrong to notice. The Democratic Party will whore out their soul in order for power to keep power to attain power i don't i don't want that that's 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 insane that's insane mitch mcconnell can't be the senate minority leader anymore And every second from here on out, from this very second right here that I'm talking to you, from this second that the Republican Party allows him to be the minority leader is another second that the Republican Party looked at America and said, kiss off. I'm not going to listen to John Barrasso or Thune or Senator Todd Young. My senator, Indiana Senator Todd Young, we're going to keep doing this, Todd? Senator? You actually want to come on this show and say that? That Mitch McConnell continues to be the leader? Nope. And you should be the first voice to say the Republican Party must ensure its safety and security. Maybe he doesn't step down as a senator. Maybe that can't be forced. You're right. Maybe there are political things at play. Even if I'm disgusted by them, he's going to remain. But leader, you're out of your heads. When politics becomes religion, everyone can be sacrificed. And I don't think that's a way to live. Mitch McConnell should no longer be the senator. There is no way he should be the senator. He should uh, be resigning from the position, as I see it. But if that's not going to happen, any Republican who still supports him as minority leader is a damn fool. And I wish nothing but the best for Mitch McConnell's health. That video is actually frightening. I'm Tony Katz. The shooting that took place at the University of North Carolina didn't really keep on the front pages now, did it? That's That's odd. I think it's odd that a shooting that takes place in a university where a professor is shot and killed doesn't stay on the front page doesn't even really make it a day that's strange well tony uh, you got a major storm coming through florida Oh okay that hurricane italian leaving rain and flooding and we'll probably have a better idea in the next day or two the the, the extent of damage it's crossing over georgia it could get itself up to cape hatteras there in north carolina before it heads back out over the atlantic and might regroup and reform and strengthen up tony katz tony katz today but the the this this murderer is a Ph.D. student at UNC, and as I looked at it, 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 it seems to me that a Chinese national student shot and killed his uh, professor, an associate professor in the Department of Applied Physical Sciences, who is also a Chinese national. Well, as Mia Cathell points out over at Town Hall, the alleged killer is a Wuhan-educated doctoral student who's accused of murdering this faculty member, his mentor, inside a campus lab. And she hit the headline, the media is about to bury this school shooting story. Isn't that the truth? So, first, is this not a story because, well, he's not a white supremacist. We don't need to pay attention. Let's pay more attention to the shooting in Jacksonville where three people were murdered because this guy wanted to kill black people. I mean, that's what happened. Don't deny reality. The guy who killed all those people in the synagogue in Pittsburgh wanted to kill Jews. But there is an interesting story about how this guy chose the Dollar General because he had wanted to, I I think he wanted to go someplace else, but somebody was armed, and so he chose this location. We've seen that before, where people don't choose the armed location. There was a story out of Atlanta a few years back where somebody was going to massage parlors and and killing people. Ah, you see, he was targeting uh, Asian women No, no, actually, there were many, many places he could have stopped if he wanted to hurt people who were Asian. He was targeting the massage parlors because he thought it was a personal weakness that he would go there and he wanted to end the weakness. There's the story that gets told and then there's the what is the problem is is that we have a media apparatus that is only interested in the story they want to tell not the what is and they therefore want to paint a public opinion utilizing that so this this shooting in uh, of this professor where we learn that um there's this th- this digital trail that they actually worked together and worked closely together In a laboratory setting. Now no one will notice that this guy was from Wuhan. No one will notice that he utilized he, him pronouns. It's not just that he studied at Wuhan University. It's the China's Ministry of Education sponsored. As is reported, Wuhan University. there is going to be a question that should be asked about whom we let into the country and all of these uh, visas that are given to foreign nationals to study in, in the U.S. It is not that only a Chinese national is a, a problem, there are people who, who cause problems who are American citizens, uh, of course. Uh, it's a question of whether or not we are keeping the nation safe and secure and whether or not these uh, student visas are a problem. And I answer they are a massive problem. And it's certainly a problem when you allow any Chinese national to study in the United States. It should not be allowed. It should not be allowed. Because all Chinese nationals are related one way or another to the Communist Party. And that's a, you know, it's, sorry, I'm not, there, there's certainly no chance for a level of defection or anything else. You don't know who to trust and therefore they should be denied. I don't think you should work on educating people who want to do you harm and by their own admission as a nation want to uh, supplant you and then really oppress you. Seems silly to educate those people. Oh, the universities like it because they're able to charge more and they get the full freight and they get all the money and that's what matters. Tell the universities to figure out a different game. I don't, I'm not here to help their economics by endangering the country. Screw them. The story has disappeared and will eventually, it'll be like it never happened. But I think there's a lot here. Certainly, the idea that the story is not getting covered because it doesn't fit narrative. The narrative of oh, it had to be uh, a conversation of race. It had to be a conversation of white supremacy. Uh, it, it, how are we going to talk about the guns? How'd this guy get the gun? It was a nine millimeter. But there's another question here. I'm not saying that a move that i am like I' am proposing not allowing Chinese nationals to study in the United States is going to keep everybody safe and someone's going to tell me I'm xenophobic and I don't actually give a damn and they're going to say well what about, what about Americans who do this and that and I'm going to say they're Americans and they're wrong and they should be prosecuted but what exactly is the purpose of allowing Chinese nationals to study in the United States allowing people who are associated with, uh, with places and areas in the Communist Party what's, what's the purpose of allowing that So a university can get paid? I don't care about the university. I do care about the country. So yes, the narrative is the reason the story isn't being talked about. But this other part, I think, is the bigger part. I'm Tony Katz.